uh, yeah, I rocked a mullet in the nineties. <laughs> I was, you think, you know, you know, uh, you know, not the Billy Ray Cyrus mullet. I had the John Tiller bass player for Duran Duran mullet. Nice. I was killing it. everybody to song swap showdown we are back with another live show to kick off our season four amanda how season are you four. you've been putting up with me for four seasons from that leo oh 100 definitely it's been it's been four seasons of absolute craziness and i think what it was what we did uh what was the stat i think it was 279 songs we swapped last year uh you know not each, but all together, we swapped about yeah. 279 songs, talked about them, reviewed them. So that's a lot of music, which is only like when you look at it, it's like a, not even a drop in a bucket of the amount of music out there. But that's a lot of that's a lot of music to to listen to and review and react to and give our uh, you know ratings to. So real quick for everybody, if you're brand new to the show, I'm just gonna let you know how the show typically works, right? So for mm-hmm. our longtime uh, listeners, community. Uh, you guys know this. So how the show normally works is Amanda and I each swap three songs with each other that we don't think the others heard before. And those songs are based on a theme that is chosen by spinning the wheel of themes at the end of every single show. And wherever that lands, that sets the stage for the songs that Amanda and I are going to be swapping with each other. We then rate those songs on a scale of one to five <laughs> records, with one being a dumpster fire. <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here. Be gone. Be launch gone. It, launch it into the sun. Gone. I'm going to stomp on it with my, my country boots. <laughs> These that's, boots were made for stomping. That's right. That's a one record song. <laughs> All the way up to five records, which is heavenly music to our ears. That is right. It is going to be a, uh, a, a, it's a song dressed in all white cowboy oh. rhinestone. <laughs> It's the Rhinestone right. Cowboy song. Right. It's a Rhinestone Cowboy song. <laughs> That's a five record. That's going on the Eternal Playlist. Yes, it is. The Eternal Playlist. That's a song we never get sick of hearing. That's a five record song. Like Desert Island Song, which, by the way, we just did Amanda's Top 10 mm-hmm. Desert Island Songs, which is up now on, on our channel. So check that out. Um, but that is a Desert Island Song. That's a five record song. Thanks for chilling with us, too, during a little holiday break. Uh, you may have noticed that even on our audio feed, we were dropping some new uh, some new things as well, which I guess weren't so new, but they were videos that we had made for our YouTube yeah. channel and then decided to publish them on our audio feed. So we've been doing these quick hits. So, yeah, let us let us know if, if you like those quick hits, because I think we're going to kind of keep dropping those out throughout, yeah. the, throughout the year, which will be just individual song reviews that we've done. So uh, we're planning on doing a little bit more of that and you know we're putting some more videos up on the youtube channel as well so make sure you subscribe there if you want to watch those videos and of course you could watch full episodes of song swap show out anytime you want on demand on youtube so if you're not subscribed there hit that subscribe button smash that bell do all the things so that way you get notified when we put up new videos and we go live every monday at 8 15 a.m eastern standard time and of course you can always listen to us on the go anywhere you get podcasts so Man, we are excited, and here's something. So we've got a very special guest with us today. I'm really excited to, to bring him on. This is something that 
I know you talk, we talked about this during our, our holiday break and yeah. it's something that we've actually been asked a lot of like our, our community, yeah. you guys are just awesome. And I know we normally spin the wheel of themes to depict the following week's theme, right? Yeah. But, but mm -hmm. we made a special occasion because yes, this is our yes. first episode of 2024. Yes. Uh, we decided to feature nineties country songs. This has been a big thing. People have been asking us like, when are you guys doing a nineties country episode? You know? And, and uh, so Amanda, in her infinite wisdom and, and creative soul, was like, let's kick off 2024 with a 90s country-themed episode. So It's true. And, you know, it goes more like this. Chris, can we pretty please do a country's 90s episode? And there was no convincing. Chris, as usual, just says, fine. Okay, sure, whatever. <laughs> so here he is. And, you know, one of my best remarks that you have sent to me through the preparation for this particular show was, I now know how you feel when we do a metal show. And I was like, <laughs> finally, he understands. I feel like I have the advantage on this one. The prep for this show was very minimal for me because I knew almost all the songs. Yeah. And it just was a lot of fun to be able to dive into a, a decade of time that I just really loved. And that is when my real true connection to country happened. I mean, my dad listened to country growing up, right? So like I yeah. heard some of the old time stuff, but boy, oh boy, to be able to choose it as a 90s person on yeah. my own and fall in love with certain music over the other music, it just was so fun to nestle into 90s country. And so here we are, fast forward to 2024. We're featuring Who we would have thought? Swapping country song, 90s country song. And I'm curious if you are going to give any five record ratings today. I feel like it is very low probability, but I'm holding out hope that maybe something on this list just pulled and tugged yeah. at you ever so slightly that maybe we can at least get close to five records. Well, which you know, your face indicates maybe not. <laughs> well, you know, listen, I, I'm going to be perfectly honest, and I can't wait to get our, our guest on and, and like I just know. one more minute, I'm going to bring our guest on because I, I know it's he, a big one. Yeah, he can, he's going to weigh in a lot on this, yeah. but I, I'm just going to set the stage real quick for everybody. So just so everybody knows, like I am not a hater of country music. Like I am no. not, you know, you know me, like I like, I love music. Right. But obviously I'm a fan of certain things and this show, the history of the show is predicated on the foundation that Chris is the rock, metal, punk, hardcore guy, mm -hmm. right? And you are the country, pop, yes, Christian yes. stuff. Like, and that that's where the foundation of the show lies. Is that we, while we're really good friends, we both listen to two different kind of styles of music, really? which is why the show works the way it does, right? Mm -hmm. But that being said, I I am not uh, a country music hater by any stretch of the imagination. Sure. It's just not a genre that I really have dove into. And during the 90s in particular, <laughs> I was full on, like, punk, hardcore. It's like so true. Like, it's all I was kind of consuming, you know, and still metal because I grew up metal. And so... I country was not on my radar at all. So I know while for the rest of the world and the rest of America was very, you know, nineties country, very big, huge mainstream successes, lots of breakouts. I, it's like a world that I don't know anything about. I really, I don't, I mean, I recognize some names. Like I know Garth Brooks and I, like, I know the big ones, you know, Tim McGraw, like I know these names. Right. But 
I couldn't, you, you could say, Chris, name a Tim McGraw song. And other than today, like, I couldn't name one off the top of my head. I just don't know it. It's just not my thing, right? Much like I would say, hey, name a Metallica song, Amanda. And like, now you know Master of Puppets from right. Stranger Things, but yeah. you wouldn't have known that before. Nope. So, yeah. Absolutely not. And that's why we probably needed a little bit of help for Chris yes. on today's episode. So we, we pulled in the big we, guns. We asked and for we, a friend. We, we, we called our friend. It's like we were on a video game. We called the lifeline of a friend, yeah. and we are so excited for him to join us today, Mr. Jeff McMahon, who has <laughs> the most fascinating history in his musical career. He has such a dent into 90s country. He has played on big stages and also loved playing on small stages. He has played with big stars, while also introducing some newer stars and mentoring them. So Jeff, welcome to the Song Swap Showdown. Thank you for being our bailout for Chris today at our Country 90s special. That's right. Well, I don't, I don't know that, uh, I don't know if I left a dent or was dented by <laughs> by the 90s, but um, oh, this is fun. It was, it was funny when you mentioned um, me participating in this conversation because yeah, I, was playing bands and stuff through the nineties, but uh, only when I started thinking about the theme of your show, did I kind of realize, Oh, my first country band was in 89. And then I moved to Nashville in 91. So yeah, it's definitely my formative years for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And someone who you've played with for many a days, has two songs on this list, and that is yeah. Tim McGraw. So yeah. I'm excited for you to dive into that relationship and that opportunity that you had with such a big, big contributor to 90s country. Yeah, that was a, that was a, a big part of my story. And um, toured with him through the 90s, and then after the 90s and the 2000s, I also then played a lot of those records. So, um, and, and one of the things I'm kind of curious about, uh, I, you said that normally your topics come out of the wheel of things, um, yeah. uh, 90s country. Do you know why that was a topic for people that they wanted to hear about? You know, I, I Jeff, I just think it comes down to, you know, people get nostalgic a lot, especially, mm -hmm. you know, you know, in music, right? People start to yearn yeah. for, you know, some of the days of old. And I think just 90s in general right now, like almost everything 90s seems to be making a really big like resurgence. I think because it's like, hey, every generation that comes after wants to discover like what, right. you know, the previous generation was into like, you know, as far as even like their parents and stuff. And I think yeah. 90s country in particular um, was a real like from what i remember right because i mean listen you were in it like you lived it you were in it but like from my point of view like being a total outsider it seemed to me like 90s country from a mainstream level is like what really was sort of that time that there was a lot of breakout stars and like 90s country actually became there was a lot of crossover with pop and all that whereas i feel like it wasn't so much like that in the eighties. I mean, I can be completely wrong. It's just an outsider looking in, you know? Yeah. And I think people yeah. like want to talk about that and rediscover and talk about that music again. You know, I think I know that there's lots of conversations about the crossover stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think that's true. Okay. Because I okay. know that in this, I know that in the seventies 
We had Sheena Easton singing with Kenny Rogers. Oh. The Bellamy Brothers were on the oh. pop charts. Um, you know, and and more recently we had Jennifer Nettles singing with Bon Jovi. And oh. Yeah. They performed on the ACM awards and were nominated for a country Grammy and a rock and roll performance award. Right. So I, I can't speak to this truthfully, but maybe Chris, this will kind of bail you out a little bit on metal thing. Yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of what went on in the nineties, I mean, certainly it's the tap part, you know, yeah. I played in my first bar band in 1989 and that band would be the the small band that opened for a lot of people at Billy Bob's in Fort Worth, Texas, which is near where I grew up. And we opened for Alan Jackson, who had his first hit. Oh. Uh, Clint Black came out. Garth oh. came out. Travis Tritt came out. All of that happened at the same time. Now, oh. what what I think is overlooked is is what also happened in the 90s. Uh, that affected you, Chris, um, in 91, they changed the way they recorded the record sales. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, they, they started using sound scan, which means every time a record was purchased, they logged it properly. Immediately after that, Garth Brooks rope in the wind opened at number one. So right. everyone realized, oh my gosh, there is a big country audience that we've been not paying attention to. Ooh, at the point. same time, at the same time, Chris, Skid Row came in at yeah. number one. That's and right. it wasn't that it wasn't that um is it 18 in life? It wasn't that yeah. record. Yeah, Whichever 18, yeah, 18 in Life was on that record, and so it was like I remember yeah. you and Youth Gone right. Wild. That was that their debut record was huge. Yeah. Right. So a lot of a lot of genres, you know, probably punk and stuff too was affected, started getting their due on record right. sales that were not normally acknowledged. So in the nineties, mm. in the nineties, all those country artists were kind of foreseen. Yeah. And and I don't know to what degree this affected it, but in two thousand and one, at mm -hmm. the end of the nineties the iPod came out and everybody stopped buying albums and started buying one song at a time. Yeah. So that may be, that may be a big part of hmm. that conversation as to why the nineties got singled out um, as an era. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's yeah. a, definitely a great theory and great way of looking at it for sure. I, I, it's just one of those things too. And I, a man and I talk about this all the time and I, I know Jeff, you see this too is like, you know, with TikTok, TikTok oh, yes. right now happens to be one of the Girl. biggest ways to discover music right now. I mean, much like how when we were growing up, it was radio. Mm -hmm. um, that was our big way of discovering music. And 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 then even then MTV. But now, like right. for the younger generation, which makes absolute sense in the world to me, TikTok is where they're discovering music. So yeah. when they hear things like, you know, 90s country songs being used and all that, then all of a sudden it's like, like any like anything you hear one one or two tunes at the gateway and you go let me go listen to more let me go listen to more and then before you know it they're going on they're watching music videos they're using the songs and then you know now they're opening up to a whole discovery of like wow look at all these artists that like i didn't even know existed or you know that i was maybe not even a fan of this music so i think that's been a real tiktok has been a real gateway i think for a lot of yeah. newer and then also older you know 
music discovery. And I will say one of the trends that are really popular right now is children who were kids with listening ears, listening to the music of the 90s with their parents in the car. And there's right. so many videos of them now at an older age listening to that same music. And that 90s, yeah. it's now the time that they would be old enough to start experiencing and understanding what those songs actually meant and why their parents maybe felt so convicted by them. And so it's really fun. And I think that yeah. it's just kind of the decades have went by. Yeah that it's all kind of fallen into place that the listening ears now have the, the story behind why that song means something. There's some kids in tow, there's some marriages falling apart, some broken trucks, some lost dogs, you know, yeah, all the things yeah, that country yeah. just pulls at your heartstrings and gets those triggers going. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, I do think that's true. Um, and certainly TikTok is a new tool. For yeah. people um i don't know if if it's so much about tiktok being the new gateway or if it's just about the fact that there are other gateways you know kate bush was just inducted True. into the rock and roll hall of fame yeah. because of a song that was on stranger things that's absolutely. what put her yep. back on the radar and absolutely and i think i think some of it some of the new interest in some of that other, older music even mm -hmm. like the, uh, you know this better than I I do, uh, but uh, the there was a Fleetwood Mac song that caught oh, caught yeah. fire on yep. TikTok and yeah. wound up back on the pop charts yep. Um, yep. as a result. Um, having nothing to do with country, but having to do with people listening yep. to what came behind them, and and I think part of that is because people have gotten musically bored. Because mm. as as they as the music has gotten a little more homogenized, they'll put um, a maybe a, a little electronic loop in a Luke Bryan song, so it will still get included on a playlist with Britney Spears. So mm. it sounds a little bit, a little bit the same because everybody's trying to get a bigger audience, and it makes the music sound similar. So you wind yeah. up with Luke Combs recording Fast Car and it goes to the yeah. top of the charts again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think TikTok's a big part of it. I just think that's part of the story. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like it. So I think what a perfect segue into getting into some of this 90s country and deep yes. diving into each one of our choices. And so normally, like Chris said earlier, we choose three songs a piece and we swap them with each other. But because we have our very special guest, we decided to narrow that down to two a piece and yep. we will all rate them. And it's just going to be one fun rating 90s yes. test. And I'm here for it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. So we're going to be able to rate the songs. And of course, you know, listen play along at home we'd love to hear yeah. if you're watching us live um weigh in let us know what your rating would have been on a song or if you're catching us once again if you're catching us on demand on youtube or you're listening on uh any kind of device where you can get podcasts let us know as well um usually on spotify we'll put a poll up there and then of course in, in youtube you can leave comments so we'd love to hear what you guys all think uh did we get it right do you agree do you not agree and what songs <laughs> should have made the list that that weren't talked about on the show and i'll tell you this i put it out to the community and boy did you guys all step up um and send me because <laughs> i started doing my own research i'm like man i don't know and the thing is once again like right we try to say what songs 
Do we not think the others heard before? Of course, mm -hmm. I feel like Amanda has heard like everything, but I don't know. So I'm looking for songs and I'm like, I don't know. And then all of a sudden the community stepped up and I got flooded yeah. with tons of great requests. So I want to say thank you to everybody for, for giving me songs to like work from. And I actually used my two songs that I have picked were right. are community suggestions so uh i really am thankful for it so thank you everybody for stepping up and, and helping the uh resident uh punk hardcore metalhead guy uh <laughs> sift through some 90s country songs so i really appreciate it thank you so <laughs> with that spirit in mind of putting chris through the torture that he usually puts me through um <laughs> why don't you start with your first song that you sent to <laughs> jeff and i which is bubba shot the jukebox that's right. Bubba shot the jukebox. Yeah. So <laughs> this was a suggestion from my from my good friend JB. Um a big big uh, all around like just fan of music, but uh definitely when I put it out there, he was like one of the first to drop it. He's like, You got you gotta put a uh, Bubba Shot the Jukebox on on uh, on your playlist. So I was like, All right. So I, I listened to the song and I, you know, I liked it. I thought it was fun. I I had personally never heard it before, so I thought it was a fun song, and I liked the lyrics, and it's kind of like this fun tune about, uh, you know, this guy that gets mad about the song that came on the jukebox that reminds him of, like, past love, and he goes out and, you know, gets his 45 and shoots the jukebox, and I go, this is, like, right out of a scene right out of a movie, you know? Like, I I, uh, I enjoyed like it, and East that's... Make my day, yeah, and it's uh, it's a fun tune. I thought it was, yeah. I thought it was cool. You know, I I had not been familiar with Mark Chestnut or any of his previous work. Like it just once again, not not a guy who under who knows a lot of the artists. So this was all new for me. This was a whole new experience listening to the song, listening to him, and you know, I kind of liked it. So that's why it made my list. Like I thought it was cool of all the songs I listened to. So that, that's why I I offered it up to you guys to share and uh, see what you all thought of. Um, Bubba Shot the Jukebox by Mark Chestnut. <laughs> well, when I first, when you sent me this this list of that song, and I said, that's a really good suggestion for Chris. So bravo to, to who recommended to JB. JB, because JB. <laughs> I like the spirit of that song for you. I think, you know, we also often talk about jukeboxes and if our playlist, which everyone can get on Spotify, look for the new 2024 one. If our playlist was on a jukebox, how eclectic it would be. And so now this one will be on there. And sometimes you're just in a mood that you don't want to hear, you know, that type of country song on the radio when your right. heart is broken and you don't want to be reminded of past love. Um, so this was a very fun song for me in the 90s. I will say, is it my favorite Mark Chestnut song? No. I do like some of his other ones. I really, my favorite is probably going through the big, like the big D and I don't mean Dallas is about divorce. And Marcus likes to sing that song. Okay. He's like, cause he was in Dallas a couple weeks ago. He's like, yep, I'm going through the big D. And I was like, yeah, but it will mean Dallas. <laughs> Remember, you're not allowed to divorce me. <laughs> Just not part of the land market, but boom. <laughs> so I really, I have good memories of a lot of his collection of music. This one is really, really fun. I think for a woman, we didn't necessarily connect to this song probably the same way that a man does. So I tapped my toe to it and I sung it and I thought it was fun. But some of the other songs out of the 90s kind of, you know, struck that chord with me a little bit more as far as connection. So Jeff, what do you think about Bubba Shot the Jukebox? Well, I mean, first of all, it yes, it can be about a lost love, but it can also be about a good old Texas boy being a problem solver. 
I mean, (laughs) I say that, I say that being a Texas boy, um, just take care of business. That's right. Yeah. Yes. You you recognize the problem. You solve the problem and you move on. That's who you want. I love taking care of you in your household. Um, (laughs) uh, you know, the, uh, you know, the thing with that song is it's a, it's a really solid two-step song. Mm, yes. Yes. When you, were, when you were playing in clubs uh, back then, unlike now where a lot of times the break music between um, if you're in a bar band and you play a set, they take the DJ plays, then you come back. Now, a lot of it's uh, R&B stuff, uh, pop mm. stuff they play in the breaks. But back then in the nineties, you still had lots of uh, just the beginning of what would explode as line dancing and and people were still looking to dance the waltzes and the two steps and all those country dances right. um, during right. the break. So um, so this would be one of those songs that immediately filled the floor uh, while you were on break, unless it was already on your playlist, in which case they'd still probably play it again. So um, and then, of course, one of the things that will will probably discover as we kind of go through some of these songs is in that in that era a lot of the records were made by same players the songwriters that were involved were um very successful and you'll use a lot of times would see some of the common names common locations mm. uh chestnut was coming out of beaumont texas as was uh, tracy bird at mm. the time um so there was a, a lot of folks coming out of that area so um yeah chestnuts chestnuts awesome and definitely old school and still out doing it so yeah one of the things that i i had found because i i uh you know for for listeners of the show i do like to try to do the history and go look Mm -hmm. and and get some facts but um and this was something that i had i had read and then jeff simultaneously sent me uh sent us some some videos but so this this song was written by by jeff lindy and uh he is Dennis, Dennis Lindy. Dennis, Dennis Lindy. Lindy. Sorry. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm reading the wrong thing here. I got too many things up on my screen. Dennis Lindy. And uh he's a songwriter based in Nashville who has over 250 songs recorded. Like that's staggering. That's and uh best known for writing 1972's Elvis Presley's Burning Love, which I know is near and dear to Amanda's heart, being a big Elvis. Oh yeah. Elvis hunka, hunka burning love. Yeah. So I thought that that was uh, I thought that was really cool, and I think you see that a lot too, right, Jeff? I mean, you see a lot of um, you know different songwriters. Where I mean, it's nothing new in music, but I, you often see, I feel like you see that a lot with country, where it's like somebody writes a song, and then you know even you see like they maybe wrote it like twenty years ago, and then all of a sudden this country artist they they then take the song, rearrange it, and it becomes like a huge hit, you know. And um, I always find that I always find that fascinating. Well, you also find a lot of collaborations with uh, a lot of people assume that you're a country writer and, and the truth is it just, you're, you're a songwriter, you know, nobody would assume that Dennis Lindy wrote, Bubba shot the jukebox and also how time slips away. And they certainly wouldn't assume that he wrote a song for the movie grease too. So, um, you know, so uh, yeah, the a lot of fans don't realize that these creators work with a lot of people in a lot of different yeah. spaces, but uh, yeah. but it's true. Yeah, and in you know, this one song, thing that oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, no. and I, one thing that I found was very interesting 
this charted before it was even basically like due to be released because DJs and radio stations just started giving it airtime and it started charting before was that on your list. Oh yeah, I didn't mean to steal your thunder. I'm sorry. No, no, it's good. No, I'm glad you said it because that's the other fact that I uncovered. But I always love when I hear stories like that too. Like DJs are like, ah, we're playing what we want to play. Stop pushing it. We we like this single, not the other one. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Well, you know your community. Yeah. And it, and it may very well be that the DJ that spun it is working in a club on the weekends and saw what Ooh. happened on the dance floor. Oh, great so, point. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I didn't even think of that point. Um, that's that's actually really interesting. I never thought of it. from. I mean, I know that you usually hear things like that a lot and like, you know, it'll be like, oh, the New York club scene and, the, you know, exactly the DJ was spinning this and people, but I, I never that. think about it from the other yeah. side, which is like, you know, country and things like that. And it's like, that. that's a really great point, Jeff. That's a good Such one. That's a good point. Well, yeah. before we give our official ratings, Chris, did you want to play a little bit? Yeah, of, let me uh, play a little bit uh, of Bubba, Bubba sh- shot the jukebox. Yeah, let me play a little bit of this so everybody can hear. <laughs> Cue up that twang. Cue up. Good this guitar riff. <laughs> we were all down at Margie's bar, telling stories if we had one. Someone fired the old jukebox up The song it sure was a sad one Teardrop rolled down Bubba's nose From the pain the song was in Good. I visualize it. I visualize it. Just like somebody kicked him Bubba shot the jukebox last night Imagine the story going around now. I know what you're saying to you, Jeff, about the two-step. Yeah, it's a good one. I, I like this song. It's it was it had a good feel to it, and like yeah, I, I didn't know how to say it right, but you're right, Jeff. The, the two step definitely I think is what makes it like that that fun, energetic, like danceable type of a tune. Yeah, for sure. I like it. Yeah. yeah. All, right. All right. So, so what do I rate it? Where do you rate it on a scale of one to five records, Amanda <laughs> Sharp? <laughs> I'm gonna give this one because again, it's not my favorite Mark Chestnut song, but I'm gonna give this like a three point nine. It's not quite in the four range. Okay. But I like it. I'll listen to it. I'm not gonna skip it, but it's not going on my eternity playlist or right. anywhere near my eternity playlist. Right. So that's where it's slightly under a four. What? Jeff, where do you think you're rating? Better than mediocre. Better, Better than, than mediocre for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, at, at, I, I can't be hypocritical. So, um, and, and we're not, we're not just talking about I just kind of more acknowledging the body of work, but yeah. I am, I am not going to give somebody that has at least two Elvis cuts and Mel Pfeiffer's <laughs> first movie, uh, less than a four. So I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him the full four. All right. Full, the full four records. There you go. <laughs> I like that. So Jeff with the full I mean, four. That's where the reasoning and the artist in our panel today yeah. is weighing in where I'm more emotion. <laughs> you I like, are. I like this approach, Jeff. I'm really digging it. I do too. I, I like it a lot as well. So thank you, Jeff. And thank you, Amanda, for the 3.9 and a four record rating. For Bubba shot the jukebox. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, Jeff, do you want your song to go? Your first song to us to go next. Hey, this is your show. Um, Ooh, let's, let's do you. That. Yeah, is- we can. We can do that. Yeah, okay. let's let's have our our guest guest pick. <laughs> so, what was your first song to us to swap, Jeff? 
so I was going to, I'll start with a song called Next Thing Smoking. Um, it was, it was off of, uh, one of Joe Diffie's early records. Mm. I always felt like Joe Diffie was, uh, was underrated. A lot of people recognize him. He had a lot of huge hit records, uh, you know, big performances, but, um, was never one of the top ticket draws, but, um, this particular song, I played it in my bar band before I moved to Nashville. Um, it was written by Joe and uh, a guy named Danny Morrison and Johnny Slate. Both of them managed Joe Diffie at the time. They also managed Tim McGraw at the mm-hmm. time. And Diffie was the first tour that I ever went on. Uh, we oh. were opening for him. And that was oh, wow. one of the songs that they played on that show. So I had already wow. been playing it but they played it there. So it's a big part of my story and a killer tune. So, um, and I'm still friends with some of the guys that were in his band at that time, which was in 94. So uh, yeah, that song's a big part of my story. So next thing smoking. I love that. So basically 30 years ago, you were playing alongside that song. So when you say, I guess, take me back to that time when you are, on the stage and you are such a huge part of what the world is experienced. How does that feel to you as an artist? Well, at that time, uh, we, Tim did not have a hit yet. So, um, we were, uh, Joe had written a song on Tim's record called uh, memory lane. And, you know, he was trying to help Tim. They had shared interests with the same management company and all. Um, so it was an opportunity for me to learn, not as a one-off. I mean, we had opened some shows for uh, some other artists, but not necessarily share the same stage. At Billy Bob's, we would be on a, st- a separate, smaller okay. stage. Uh, with Joe, we would be on the same stage. And I would become friends with guys that were playing with him that had done bigger things than I had and had people to learn from. So, um, but, but as far as my experience with Tim, we, we were still another year away of, Mm. of people knowing our songs before they got to the show. So, um, but very cool, cool. very fun. Yeah. Very, very cool. And so I like the reasoning behind choosing this song because some of them, some of our listeners might know some of his bigger hits, you know, like Pickup Man, which I love. Right. There's something women lack about a pickup man. Like that, what a catchy little song. And, you know, remind me, he totally rocked the mullet in the nineties, correct? Uh, yeah, I rocked the mullet in the nineties. <laughs> I was, you think, you know, you know, uh, you know, not the Billy Ray Cyrus mullet. I had the John Tiller bass player for Duran Duran mullet. Nice. I was killing it. Well, um, but yeah, no, he, he totally did. And, and yeah, I mean, Joe had great ah, songs, you know, ships that don't come in. I mean, he, he certainly had great songs, but I mean, yeah. in fairness, I thought part of the exercise was to put things on the table that you might not know about yet. So yep, I was trying yep. to you did introduce great. a few things. So, yeah. Yep. And I could, so you had a little bit more of a challenge trying to find a song for me that I didn't know where I knew I could throw these on my radar, my choices for Chris. And he, they were, right. even though they're very popular songs, he probably hadn't heard them. So I respect nope. that you dug deep and, and, you know, I really enjoyed Joe Diffie growing up. 
I really did. He he had that unique sound that really isn't duplicated. He really kind of has his own yeah. unique stuff. And I'm curious to see when, Chris, you brought up that image of, um, yes, thank you. It says, Joe, regular Joe Diffie. Is there a story behind the regular Joe that you're aware of, Jeff? Like, is he just like a person who just was a regular guy who just people w- ended up falling in love with his music and he was just like, hey, I'm just regular Joe. It's no big deal. Uh, not that I know of. I mean, certainly the the term regular Joe we've all heard. I know when he first came to town, um, you know, he worked at a guitar company and was singing demos, as was Garth Brooks, as was Trisha Yearwood, as was Billy Dean, all trying to to find their way and get their voice heard. Um, but no, as far as you know, did, did the industry recognize him right. as regular Joe? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. And I don't know. Did you see Chris's um, comment that popped up there just, Jeff? Yeah. So let me, let no? me, let me, let me <laughs> bring that okay. back up. So yeah. So, so Chris, why, why guy saying, uh, you guys are, you guys are on a spot now. How do you not give him five records for a song that he was part of that intimately? <laughs> I, I mean, you're not wrong, Chris. <laughs> no, you're not wrong, Chris. I do want to yeah. just bring this back up again because I, I just I think this is great. This is, this is by one of the reasons why Jeff. So this is you know how my mind works when I when you sent the song and I looked at it and came out on Spotify and this was the cover. I go immediately. I was already like drawn to this because I, I just dig this 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 look is like '90s country for me but i also just love like the total like blue collar feel of that and mm-hmm. and i knew like sure. even before listening to the song i was like all right i got a feeling i'm gonna like this song um and you know i i'm just gonna go into it i mean i didn't never heard joe diffie don't know this song <laughs> but i mean i really i really enjoyed this song i thought it was cool and the uh i really liked the riff man this this was a this was a cool signing tune for sure uh, and then, you know, just finding out, too, that the song charted number 16 on the Billboard Hot Country uh, singles and tracks. Um, I, I think that's always great. It's, you know, you always, I always love seeing where these where the songs wound up charting, yeah, uh-huh. you know, where yeah. was the level of popularity, especially for songs that I'm not familiar with. So I thought this was uh, I really enjoyed listening to this song. This this one I listened to quite a few times because, again, it was all new for me, like all new. So this is me yeah. hearing this stuff for the first time. And. It really stuck out. I, I I dug it. It was it was definitely a good jam for me. So thanks thanks it. for well, sharing that. <laughs> well, I mean, and and you can tell uh, just by virtue of what you're saying, this is the kind of song that the players would like. You know, because yes. we really got to flex. Oh you yeah, know? I got to really do a lot oh. of stuff on it. And yeah, there's and a great piano, a lot of great piano parts in this performance thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, such okay. A now, Chris, point. you can. You're confusing me, though, Chris, because you keep talking about how you don't know, you don't know, Amanda knows all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. But but I look at the top five songs reviewed for 2023. Yeah. You had two country songs listed on yours. I she did. didn't have any. So <laughs> I know. How do you keep saying, well, I don't know anything. I don't pay attention. <laughs> I only know and the songs listen. that Amanda. I only know the songs Amanda gives me. So okay, okay. <laughs> but but this era though, in particular though, Jeff, like 
Like, yeah. So Amanda, like Amanda, you know, I think we do a good job, like really giving songs to each other that we don't like. Once again, we don't think the others mm-hmm. heard before, and then also okay. things that like not only that I heard before, but I think she might like or something, yeah. so on and so forth. So, and because we've been doing this show now now four four seasons, like we're starting to like we're just finally starting to zero in on the little pieces of music that we're like, I think Chris will like this because of this, and I think Amanda will like this because this part and all that. Yeah. So. Yes, I did have because I actually like those songs, and so my my musical palette has expanded because of doing the show. Um, okay. But still, this era of '90s like country, like I don't like these artists. I just don't know. Like they're no. just all new for me. I mean, yes, the Tim right. McGraws and like the really big big headline guys in my yeah. in my eyes, they're headline artists. Like I'm yeah. familiar with the names, but like Joe Diffie isn't somebody who was ever on my radar, you know. But I dig this song, and now yeah. I'm kind of like, maybe there's more Jif- more maybe Joe Diffie stuff I'm gonna dig because this song's yeah. cool. So I agree, I think so. So let's play a little bit of this yeah. uh, Joe Diffie piece of art yeah. that next Jeff thing plays. next thing smoking, <laughs> <laughs> which what a great name. Yeah, it's a great name. I mean, even this the... you just get right into it. It's fast. I could just you're driving down the road. It's a fast tune. Well, I don't know where I'm going, I don't even care. But come tomorrow morning, you won't find me anywhere. I'll be gone. Great harmonies, too. I love the topic of the theme of this song, too. It's great. Baby, I'm leaving on the next thing smoking. I like how both you and Jeff are both like camping along. It's a really well written song. It's the art of being able to like sing a song about I'm gonna be gone and make it sound so fun. It's just such an art. Oh, it's a good one. I don't want to cut it short during a solo, but uh, it is a good one. You guys, definitely, once again, go check out these songs in full. They're on our Spotify playlist. Uh, we started a new one for the season, so just go to Songs Web Showdown uh, 2024 playlist. That is on Spotify. And, of course, you know, if you don't have Spotify, then look them up. Uh, they're all on YouTube. They're all everywhere. Go listen to these. Support these artists because uh, this is great stuff. So uh, I I dig this song. I could actually see this song, too. Like, so in my head, I'm always like, if they remade a movie today or, like, they read yes. the soundtrack, like, this would be in Smokey and the Bandit. 100% this would be in Smokey and the Bandit. Like, that's exactly how I would see this. Like, this is a perfect Smokey and the Bandit song. <laughs> yeah, you're you're getting speeding tickets with this on the radio for sure. Oh heck that, yeah! Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. that pedal, yeah. that foot is going down on that pedal yeah. a little too happily yeah. for sure. So, Chris, where do you rate this new song that you had never heard of before? So I dug this song, and I'm like, I would totally crank this up in my car. That this is this is a cranker for sure, and I could see myself like. You know, heading down 80 West, um, you know, more West going to towards Pennsylvania, like when we go out there for for stuff. Um, and I could I would I would crank this one. So I'm going to give this a four point five. I'm going to give it a four point five. I really dug it. I thought it was cool. It was like, nice. you know what it is, too? Some of this stuff is like because it's new for me, it sounds very refreshing from a lot of the things I typically listen to. And that mm-hmm. also um, but I like. There's a lot of great breaks and instrumental breaks and little flourishes that like really like make the song very cool. You know, like I agree with Jeff. That's a great way. It's like this is a player's song. Like mm. this is I could see why musicians, this is like that kind. Like it's got the little 
bits and pieces and everybody kind of gets the like their little their little moment to shine in the song it's cool it's like a very it's like jazz but like country but jazz you know just, <laughs> jazz has always got those like yeah. moments she where has opportunity right everybody always has an opportunity to kind of like you know yeah. show their chops a little bit so for a song like yeah. this to like make time to show chops i think that's cool okay so i yeah. like that all right so 4.5 i'm not going to be as generous but I am going to come in <laughs> at a 4.0 records. I think that is super fair. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> Chris, 90s country was just all was just about all my wife and I would listen to you listen to when we were dating. So, Chris, did you have a smoochin song? Ooh, mm-hmm. good question. Mm-hmm. Marcus and I we put on Alabama. Mm-hmm. That was our smooching songs. Which, by the way, was something we put in a community. I put in like, what were you know, what are some of your favorite country artists? And and Josh Parr right away, yes, Alabama. That Alabama. was his like first one. So, yeah, Good. there was a lot of Alabama showing up on on uh, on some of those comments. Oh yeah, what an excellent yeah. excellent band. So, yes. all right, great ratings for Joe Diffie with Joe Diffie. Next thing, smoking. Gosh, what a good pick me up song for sure. All right, so, guys. All right, Amanda. <laughs> Moving on to my song that I shared with you guys. My first song to you guys, Blue by Leanne Rhymes. And it's hard to say blue without going blue. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing the whole like yodeling. The yodeling. Thing. Oh, you can't help but love the yodel. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I found really interesting about this, Amanda, was that I, uh, especially too, because we were talking about uh, Brenda Lee, you know, yes, recently during, yes. you know, during the holidays and we yes. made the little Brenda Lee video and all that. Mm-hmm. And I actually didn't realize Leanne Rhymes was 13 years old when she did this song yeah. and that yes. Brenda Lee was also like really, okay. really young, yes. like 11, 12 or and, something like that when she did Rock Around the Christmas Tree. So I'm like, yep. wow, what a, what a parallel there of like kids sounding like adults <laughs> when well, they sing. And- the kicker is they accidentally gave the wrong version of this song to the powers that be. So the version that actually became popular is when she sang it at 11. Oh, wow. So she was even younger. Holy. She was 11 years that. old when you hear the most popular version of her blue. Wow. Blows you away because there's adults who can't do that. Yeah, I mean that's crazy. I mean, and she just doesn't sound like a kid. At least the record, you know, the recordings that I've heard, it just she doesn't sound like a kid. Mm-hmm. It but, was an interesting well, and, sound for the '90s. Well, and and thank goodness she didn't sound like a kid because the last thing you want is a signature <laughs> song that's a part of your career that sounds dated three years later. Ooh, you know, so yeah. smart. Good yeah. point. Good point. I didn't even think of that, but yeah, you're right, right? So, so yeah. many uh, artists who were like kid artists and like had their big mm. song, and then today, like it's like mm-hmm, so, sounds like a yeah. Kid I mean, you think you know. of uh, you know they you see now the uh, mm. the TV show like uh, from CMA Fest where they'll show the the whole concert from the Country Music Association CMA Festival happens in the summer, and um, they used to call it Fanfare. It was out at the fairgrounds, and I remember. Uh, being there, uh, all the artists are every year when the music and the radio stations, everybody mm-hmm. comes in town for a weekend. And I remember her singing that song uh, on the outdoor stage uh, as a kid. And um, mm-hmm. and the, the thing that I, I am stuck by still when I think about it is 
you see her peers at the time who would have been maybe Debbie Gibson, you know, mm -hmm. who yeah. was yeah. on the pop charts. And right. she was, I mean, she did a lot of big things, produced on records, but she still had the support of MTV and choreography and other things to support her, which is not to take anything away from her. At 16, she was making all that stuff. Yeah. And she still has a, a, a career now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, to Leanne's credit, um, this was the song and the performance alone. You know, yeah. it was not all the other stuff. It was just the holy crap. Listen yeah. to that voice. Um, and so many of her other songs have been the same way. So, yeah, it's uh, she did a killer then. And, and still I've gotten to to play for her. I played for her once at a at a benefit show and she was stellar okay. stellar i know it's not the same thing but i do follow her on tiktok <laughs> <laughs> and she's always singing on her channel and she's just singing these random songs and i just think she seems like such a good sport to to try new things and not perfect it because she has her lane of genius musically i mean she has that signature sound that no one else has but i really respect that she plays around with some of the other music sounds to i think just have fun because i'm sure artists want to have fun too and not sing every song that they're going to be able to perfect like she did with blue which right. i just happened to have the cd I just happened to <laughs> <Yep>. have that <laughs> happened to have this here and look at how baby she was just yep. a baby yep. yeah and that wasn't even supposed to be the single. I think I remember reading. I think it was going to be um, light. Uh, the light in your eyes. I think is going to be the single that was going to be released. Yes. And yeah. And this blue was be ended up being the the one that put her on the map and kept her there. Yeah, it charted uh, number twenty six. Actually, sorry, it was uh, it charted number ten on the country chart, and then crossed over to mm -hmm. Billboard Hot one hundred at twenty six. So. It's again another example of what we were talking about a little bit that crossover action going on. Yeah. Which, you yeah. know, and I will say in full transparency, I mean, I said I don't know a lot. This is a song I did hear um, sure. because I remember this being like a really big hit. And this was sort of crept into like the mainstream of like you'd be out somewhere and it'd be on. It would, you know, whether you're at a restaurant or like if you're out shopping or anything. Like I remember, you know, being in like, the food stores like and you'd hear like this song <laughs> was stores. on a, i mean this this really was yeah. a huge hit and it was um sort of seeped into like even my uh my purview you know like so mm -hmm. i i do remember this song being a big hit although i didn't remember that she was 13 when she did it that was like that's that that was like a new <laughs> fact baby. That I, I did not know about and then you know looking into some of this stuff too because you know songfacts.com has got a lot of great stuff about mm -hmm. this song on there um but they were saying that the song uh, was originally written by Bill Mack, a Texas-based singer and disc jockey who first released it himself in 1958 to little acclaim at the suggestion of his fellow DJ, Snuff Garrett. That's a great, by the way, Snuff Garrett. What a name. What a name. Uh, he went on to produce hits for Sonny and Cher. Mack hired a local female singer to record a demo version in 1962 and set it aside until the right voice came along, and it only took about 30 years. <laughs> That's coming from songfacts.com. So uh, the song has definitely had quite quite a long journey to, to get to the well, point of hitting uh, number 10 and number 26 in 1996. And I and I'm gonna call BS on part of that story too because okay. uh because there is a version of, check. <laughs> um, 
66 uh, by a guy named Kenny Roberts. I think the, uh, and I think the, I want to say there was another version of it too, but I think the, the, I think the reason it resonated with you when you heard it at the time was when it came out in 66, that was just three years after Patsy Cline was killed. So mm, it, right. it didn't sound novel. Ooh, at the time. You know, it would have, point. it would have sounded similar. Like somebody was trying to copy what she was doing. Mm, yeah, um, and, but and at, apparently at the time, the end, yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say, and, and the song which I don't know if you know this, cause this is what I'm, I'm going to read. What was written here. It says many sources yeah, claim yeah. that Mac wrote the ballad for Patsy Cline, but merely pitched to the country singer who then eventually, you know, passed away in a plane crash mm. in 1963 before she could record it. The myth gained steam when rhymes was held as the second coming of Patsy Cline after she released the ballad. Yeah, uh, that could be true, but yeah, uh, being in Nashville, um, I, I will say that I could, I could right now sit down and write a song with the intention of Tim McGraw cutting it, and Tim McGraw may never hear it, but I still right. wrote it thinking that he needed to cut it. So very um, true, very uh, true. You know, no, no way knowing uh, whether that's true, but I think, I think that's why. Uh, I think that's why it caught your ear was because it didn't sound like anything else that you had heard in the last 30 years. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and that's why it broke open uh, with Leanne. So I yeah. think I remember my dad hearing it for the first time and he really truly thought it was just like listening to Patsy Cline to your point. Yeah. And so I think you're really onto something that had it been done earlier, even by her, it wouldn't have hit the same way as, hearing a young lady sing it in the 90s and right. knowing that you hadn't heard that type of sound in decades. So I think there's some serious truth to that point. Well, you, you had not heard that sound and you had never heard it recorded hmm. technologically mm. at the quality that it was recorded. I mean, you there never too. heard that pure of a recording uh, as Patsy Cline did because all of the technology had advanced yeah. so much. So, yeah. yeah. Another quick, this is, this is, because this just goes to show like the times, how, how, how much times have changed, right? So yeah. this album, the album, the one that you showed, uh, debuted at number three in the US where it sold six million copies and also peaked number one on the top country charts. Uh, and uh, Leanne, Leanne Rimes is also the youngest artist to ever win a Grammy when she won Best New Artist and Best Female Country Vocal Performance of the song. And Bill Mack also took home the award for Best Country Song. But six million copies like those are numbers you just don't hear anymore well maybe taylor swift but like as far as most artists go it's like to sell six million copies of a record anymore is like it just doesn't happen you know like it's more streams no, and downloads it, <laughs> yeah well and that's and i think that's something else to remember when we talk about the 90s country resonating with with its audience because uh everybody that that bought that Leanne Rhymes CD spent the amount of money on that CD that they spent on their Spotify subscription for the entire month. True. Mm. Yeah. And and that is that that came, what came with that was a commitment to the music that you were listening to mm. and a commitment to the choices you were making. Uh you took it more seriously. You know, if you spent the same amount of money as you would on Spotify now, you would buy 12 records a year. So so true. people were more connected to their music at the time, I think. Oh, my goodness. That's so true. You bought. And then that's why you would sometimes just buy the single. 
instead of the whole CD yeah. or the soul, even the whole record. So yeah, that's that's a point that we haven't quite digested before the numbers behind the downloads and kind yeah. of. I mean, we always say time means everything and all this stuff, but that's to put it into perspective like that, because for the same price as this CD for a month, you have access to everybody's collection. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yep. That's mind blowing. Yep. Mm. Yeah. So let me play a little bit of blue for all those out yes. there who, who don't remember what the song sounds like. <laughs> let's, let's listen to a little bit of, here we go. Yeah, and this definitely has that, mm. like, what I would say, you know, as a, as a non-country fan, I would say that this is very, like, vintage country sounding. Like, this is, like, old school country sure. to me. Like, that's, yeah. you know, a lot of that, like, uh, um, <clears throat> this comparison's probably not great, but I would say, like, that Roy Rogers and, like, Gene Autry got a, like, style of stuff. Like, I, that's where my mind goes. That's my comparison. But, like, it, it definitely harkens back to it, which I think is kind of cool because when you think about it being released in 1996 and sort of what was popular, right? This was a nice, I think, a nice, probably a, uh, if I think about it, like maybe a really good break or change of things from a lot of the stuff that was maybe being released at that time as far as singles oh, sure. go. And here comes something that's, you know, um, you know, young, young performer who has a voice of like an angel who like pulls off like these great. Um, vocal melodies and it's a well-written tune so i i can see why this was a hit and why it cut through i would say maybe cut through some of the noise of what was coming out then um you know because it, it stood alone yeah no it definitely it definitely did i mean i i listening back to it again for this because i hadn't heard it in a very long time so listening to it all the way through several times was like wow i, I see why this song was a hit and and what she brought to the song you know as far as her vocals go so i i, I get it i get it so i like it so jeff i'll i'll let you weigh on a rating of this song <laughs> where do you sure. rate blue by leanne rhymes at a scale of one to five records i'm i'm gonna give it a 4.7 hey, wow just nice because, Hi. uh just because i feel like there's got to be some place from there but um, yeah. I think, I think there's no doubt that, that this song, uh, established her career. Yeah. I mean, this is, yeah. this is the song. Uh, I mean, she's certainly done other great things. You know, how do I live was yeah. terrific, but, um, oh, yeah, that's right. uh, yeah. but we're not, but we're not, we're not wondering, we're not sitting here going, well, what was the first one that chestnut did? Well, what was, was that first? Was that second? I'm not sure. We know where she came from. So, so true. And uh, and I heard her singing and kill it live when she was a child. So um yeah, that's what I'm giving her. Four point seven. I like it. All right. Chris. That's a good rating. Yeah. I so um 
my rating's not going to be as high as Jeff, although I, I agree with a lot of things that you're saying, Jeff. I mean, yeah, I, I, I just hadn't thought about the song in a while. And then when you put it on the list, I was like, oh, yeah, Blue, Leanne Rhymes. I, I know that one. Uh, and that's and that's the thing. Like when I think of Leanne Rhymes, I'm like, you even said the other song, How Do I Live? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot that was a song I that did, she did. I honestly did, too. I completely <laughs> forgot about that. So, I mean, Blue is the one that I think about uh, because and especially to that yodeling and all that. I mean, that's really yeah. the stamp on the song um, that right. she put in there. So. I would I would say this is a song I would go back and listen to again. I do enjoy it. Um, I think it's a little bit more of a slower kind of a song, but I like the way it feels. But I'm going to give it a 4.3. That's going to be oh my, my. So it's going to be over because I don't think I can give it under 4. And I think a 4.0 doesn't do it enough justice. Is it a Desert Island song for me? No, but I, I do respect it. And I think that it's a very well-written song who, once again, she brings so much to it. So I'm going to give it a bit higher than just a four. So 4.3 for me. Okay. Not bad. Higher from you, Chris, than I expected. And Jeff, honestly, I'll be honest, I think higher than I expected from you on that one. So very good first song for me, Blue. Ranking in at 4.7 and 4.3. I like it. There you go. There you go. Very good. Real quick, before we before we, we carry on, you know, we, we do like to acknowledge some of the people that go on and come on before the show starts and and leave us some great uh, comments. And we, we've got a couple like just super fan community supporters that just do it. So I do want to just make a little time for them. So uh, Ian, our friend from Down Under from Australia, who uh, always comes on and, and due to the time change here uh, is now when he the show is on when he's asleep. So he can't. <laughs> enjoy the show like he does so he's gonna have to wait till the next time so he usually comes on and watches it on demand and leaves more comments but before we go live he comes on he puts comments and him and dave mattingly always put their song suggestions for us so i'm gonna uh i'm gonna read this a little bit and give these guys some time here so ian saying hi everyone i put my spurs on but i'm off the bed a good time for country music as the tamworth country music festival is on in australia from january 19th through the 28th so he's saying picks for Amanda. Here's Ian's picks for you, Amanda. Living in the Circle B, Dead Ringer Band. I hope I said that right. Circle B. Uh, Rip Rip Woodchip by John Williamson. Nice and names. Dancing with Elvis by Gina Jeffries. Very so good. those are his picks for you, Amanda. Picks for me, which I, spoiler alert, I chose one of Ian's picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boys from the Bush by Lee... Kernigan, I think that's how you say it. Way Out West by James Blundell and James Raincover. And Dirt Track Cowboy by Adam Brand. So those hey. are Ian's picks for us. And then Dave Mattingly, who we want to wish a big congratulations on getting married Thank yesterday. You. Dave, congratulations to you and your amazing bride. Little, little Dave is a super fan. He's a great supporter of the show, and uh, we love you, Dave. So thank you. And thank Dave you. was supposed to be on our last episode of the year, but unfortunately, uh, we had to postpone that episode. But we will get Dave on during this year for sure. Uh, but Dave, I, I know you're not able to watch now, but I'm sure you'll be watching the repeat. But Dave, as always, great picks for all of us. Uh, so from picks for me, Freak Water by picture. Uh, sorry, Freak Water picture in my mind. Uh, Jimmy Dale Gilmore headed for a fall and Vic Chestnut until the lead. And then for Amanda, he has chosen Giant Sand, The Inner Flame, <laughs> Robbie Folks, Let's Kill Saturday Night, 
and Southern Culture on the Skids, Camel Walk. So those are your songs from the one and only Mr. VIP, the VP of Song Swap Showdown, Dave Mattingly. He pulls out some really eclectic uh, he's uh, great. choices for us. It's fantastic. He's great. He's actually been doing, so if you don't follow him on Facebook, I recommend, because he's been doing a song a day challenge where he's just been posting like a song uh, every single day to check out. Um, so go go check that out. If you want to find some new music or something unique uh, from years ago, Dave is the guy. He knows all the eclectic songs. So follow him on Facebook because, yeah, he's big, big music fan and always posting really great, fun music stuff. So uh, check you. him out. And then Chris Weingard, check it in. Uh, Weingard, answering your question, Amanda. Okay. Uh, we When you asked what song Smooch did you smooch to, uh, he said, we did play Love Remains at our wedding and had all the married couples dance to it by Colin Ray. Oh, Colin Ray. Man, so. that's a that's a name I haven't heard in a while. I actually do have a CD of his somewhere, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good. All, all right. right. So perfect transition into your second song to us, Chris. Yes. Which was? Which was Ian from Australia. Uh, his suggestion uh, was Boys from the Bush by Lee Kernigan. So, um, you know, I got to say, Ian is great being, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't know too many bands from Down Under. Mm -hmm. Every week he comes on and gives us great suggestions of bands uh, yeah. and artists from Australia. And I, I do, uh, Ian, I just want you to know, I do, I go on, I listen to them. And some stuff I think is really cool that you've sent us for sure. And some mm -hmm. stuff's not my cup of tea, but that's great. That's music. And I please keep the suggestions coming because I, I think they're great. And I love finding, especially stuff that's not from the United States. It's always great to listen yeah. to stuff from from uh, other countries. So, uh, and this one in particular, Boys of the Bush, Lee Kurtigan, I I just found this song to be so much fun. Much like the Bubba Shot, the Jukebox, I, I was gravitated towards it. I love the the kind of country tropes are in this song, but it's just done really fun. And you can, I feel like that you can hear the musicians in the studio having a good time doing the song. Good point. And I even did watch the music video, and the music video is fun. I and, did too. <laughs> but I love too that, like, you would never in the. Other than the fact of being boys in the bush, right, which is like very Australian, mm -hmm. I would say, man, you would think that this was definitely an American song, but performed by, you know, Australian uh, artists. Agreed. With the only caveat that in the song, it references Ruse, the kangaroos. Yes. It's a yes. calling out Ruse. And in the video, yep. it has kangaroos hopping. And it does. I just feel that it's so funny because in. in Australia kangaroos are like our deer. Yes, they're everywhere. They're <laughs> everywhere. And so it's so like those are the only like little minor things that I would say, okay, this isn't necessarily from the States. But I agree with you. It was a fun song. Yeah, it had a great, great feel to it. And, um, you know, and actually this he, he has a country artist because didn't know anything about Lee Kerrigan, but mm -hmm. uh, he's a singer, songwriter, and guitarist. He's won four ARIA awards and three. Apper Awards and has sold over 2 million albums as of 2021 and he has 38 golden guitars at the Country Music wow. Awards of Australia second to Slim Dusty who yes. um, Ian's recommended a lot of Slim Dusty stuff to us yes. in the past he was the 2008 Australian of the Year in recognition for support of rural and regional Australia and was the recipient of the Outstanding Achievement Award in 2015's ARIA Awards for Spirit of the Anzacs. I'm, I, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, so I apologize if my pronunciation's off on that. But um, this became, Boys in the Bush became his first number one on the country charts. 
He said, when Garth Porter and he first wrote Boys from Bush, I had no idea it would even be a hit. It was all a song. It was just a song about me and my mates working on the land, going to the pub and tearing around the tearing around in Utes. I didn't think anyone would be that interested in us. We were just kids from the bush. But Garth said this record has to be about your life and where you come from. So we wrote that song and several others. Before long, I had a band and we were out on the road performing it then live. This was released in 19... 19- 92 92. I think. yep 92 yep that's when the song was released so uh it was on the record the outback club and debuted at number 94 the aria charts and i did follow him on instagram and it does look like he's still doing touring still performing yeah. no he yeah. still it looks, looks like he's very active and it looks like he's married to his wife that I think they got married back in 99. So they've been together for a really long time. So I love seeing like a little glimpse from a different country, somebody who would be, you know, someone as recognizable as uh, Joe Diffie. Yeah. You know, I think that's really, really fun because you just don't often think of that, especially, I don't know. I feel like country music to me, when I think of it is exclusive to the States, which I know is not true, but in my brain, I just feel like there's the Texas and the Tennessees and yeah. and it comes together yeah. and comes out in country music where when I think Australia, I don't think yeah. that. So it is fun to see that like, yeah, no, this is part of the, there is another part of the world that enjoys country music too. <laughs> yeah, especially. Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. So this was a nice treat, but I, I'd love to, Jeff, did, did you know who this artist was before this? I, I did not. Okay. Um, I, I did, I did suspect um, from some things that I had heard from past episodes that it had come from Ian. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, thank, thanks for the contribution, Ian. Um, uh, but no, I, I, I did not know him. Um, but, uh, I did, you know, to your, to your point, uh, uh Amanda about talking about how it is in the other countries and things of that nature in, in Nashville here, you know, you're used to seeing people interacting, you know, writing together, doing shows together and all that. And that mm-hmm. was one of the fun things when I was following up on this track. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of the things that I I also noted. It must be similar uh, in Australia the way they do it, because I looked up the award show where he actually won um, the Best Country Album Award for this. And uh not only was it notable that he won, what was notable also was that Keith Urban with mm. Slim Dusty <gasps> lost to him. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that that particular Urban. award. And uh and I found I found both performances that Lee had done where Keith Urban had been playing guitar, which of course everybody now knows Keith here in the States from countless hits American Idol and uh, all of the things. Yep. Um, but I also found where, uh, he had had Lee on stage, you know, eight, nine, 10 years ago. So they clearly continue to orbit each other and support one another and all that. I really appreciate seeing because I know that, uh, that's not always the case, you sure. know, yeah. Um, he goes, yeah. he gets away sometimes and I'm, I'm glad mm-hmm. to know that it's not always the case, but, um, I, uh, I take all that as a, as a vote in his favor that, mm-hmm. that he's, he's been on both sides of that, you know, with mm-hmm. somebody else we appreciate. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I love that. So did you want to play a little bit of, yeah. uh, boys from the bush Yes. by Lee 
Kernigan. Yeah, let's we'll listen say. a little bit. <laughs> Fun. It's a fun one. Been cheering sheep. We've been mustering stock. We've been culling our roots. <laughs> We've been spraying the crops. Love it. Every time. We've been growing cattle up an old stock route. Now it's Saturday night. We pile in the huge. We're the boys from the bush and we're back in town. Very easy to sing along to there. It's catchy yeah. chords. because you, you know there's that group of guys that they bust their butts and then they, they go have a little fun at the bar. Oh, yeah. So hearing this song, too, reminded me of one of my favorite songs of all time, which I never get sick of. So talk about Desert Island songs is Thin Lizzy's Boys and Boys Are Back in Town. So yeah. it's got very similar themes, obviously completely different genres, but the theme is like a timeless theme. And um but I, that's what it reminded me of. I'm like, this is a country version of like boys are back in town kind of a thing. Mm. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. And I, and I appreciate the the gang vocals of like the, the chorus making it sound. I, I like that. I think it's fun. And um, it's just a cool song. It actually put me in a really good mood, you know, hearing it. And I was glad, Ian, because I, I, I like hearing stuff from other countries. So I was like, oh, I bet nobody's like, once again, for saying songs we don't think the others heard before, yeah. I'm going to go with one of Ian's suggestions, yeah. which also was very, which was a cool song, too. So I, I like this. I, I want to play, you know, want to check out more, more of a. Uh, more of Lee's work for sure. Uh, some of his other songs, but this this was a cool one. So I like indeed, that. indeed. All right. So where do I rate this one? Where do you rate it? I think this is fun. I think I'm just gonna nestle this in at four four records. I think it's 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 a hit song. It's, it's a hit solid. song for me. It's not a desert island, you know, eternity playlist, but I really appreciate it. It's a good toe tapper. I'm not gonna you know skip it. It's fun and um the little tippet of the hat to some of the stuff, you know, exclusively to Australia is super fun. Yeah, I like that too, which makes all the sense in the world, but it it does make it like more fun. Yeah, the ruse yeah. line is is it's gets cute. me. Yeah. Yeah. So Jeff, what do you think? Uh I'm gonna give it a three point eight. Okay. All right. Um and and I'm gonna I'm gonna say that that part of it because I'm just not it's a little too produced for me. The the Ooh. gang vocals, the gang vocals seem a little too perfect, a little too mm. choir okay. to me. Mm. That being said, um, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, recognize that, and it's probably the mention of the kangaroos. Um, I do think it has a good pocket. Yeah. Yes. Good point. But I'm um, as most kangaroos do. Sorry, I was late. I was late on the drop with that one. I was like trying to I hit it, and I'm you. like, "Wait a second, it's what a little rookie. further away." It did not what connect rookies. right away. Yeah. <laughs> it did not. It took me way too long. Sorry, when I'll, I rewatch I'll, this and watch the giggle set in, I'll get. Yeah. I'll laugh. In post, I'll shorten that so it makes. <laughs> they got the time. There's your song. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what is Chris doing that to? <laughs> Outstanding. All right. So coming in at four records and 3.8. This is the section. This is the section that I will clip and tag you in so we can circulate it on Instagram. So everybody knows that Amanda missed it. 
put the Perfect. question bubble in my head right here. You're like, huh? <laughs> like, what are we applauding? What are, yeah. what are we doing here? <laughs> All right, Ian, great cool. suggestion. Yeah, thank, thank you, you Ian. so much. All right, Jeff, moving on to your second and final song for us. What did you send us for that one? Yeah, so um, again, kind of in keeping with the uh, the idea of telling my story, um, I selected a song called That's Just Me. Um, it was recorded by Tim McGraw. Um on the all i want album in 95 but um more importantly when i was auditioning for tim mcgraw uh somebody that lived in his apartment complex uh, he was saying i'm looking for a piano player and somebody in his apartment complex recommended me and that somebody was daryl dodd who was in my first band he and i went to college at Baylor university together and Daryl wrote the song that Tim McGraw ended up wow. recording. And Daryl also has his own version of the song that he recorded at wow. a live concert at Bob's. So, um, but yeah, we, we toured with it and it was on Tim's record and it was kind of a cool full circle moment for me to see all of my people coalesce. So um, yeah. I love that. And I'm going to ask you a question about Tim McGraw while we're on the subject of him before we dive into this song. At what point when you were on stage with him and you're performing with him, because you said some of the songs, you know, you started with him, you were a couple years out of him being that showstopper name. Was right. there a moment in time that you knew this is it? When there's no going back? Uh, no. Okay. No, because because I knew that, uh, I mean, there, there might have been a point where there's no going back for Tim McGraw, where mm -hmm. he had had first hit and then you're waiting on your second one, you're waiting on your third one, you're watching crowds get bigger, you're recognizing that they know some of the words and they're singing mm -hmm. back. Mm -hmm. um, but the industry is very volatile. And at, at no point did I always assumed I would be there mm. for four years or eight years or 10 years or 15 years. Ultimately sure. I was there for 18 years. Um, mm. cause there's lots of stories of record labels and management and people having opinions and, you know, accidents and life and yeah. marriages and all kinds of things right. that yeah. can get in the way. So, um, there was no point where I thought, okay, we're on autopilot now. Okay. Um, but there was definitely a point where we would realize probably, probably first real acknowledgement of that would have been when he did I Like It, I Love It, mm. which was the first song off of his third album, but second successful album. Uh, when we did that, there was probably kind of a recognition that, okay, if our next song is not a hit we'll still have another chance. You know, we don't have to assume that, you know, if we don't maintain momentum, we'll lose it forever. Um, mm. I don't know if that's a good answer to your question, but yeah. No, it does. And I oftentimes like don't know when that time would be when they know that they've, things have shifted. And I think you said it so perfectly when people start knowing the lyrics to your songs when you're performing. I think, yeah, like what a acknowledgement that, they're listening behind the scenes, not just because someone drug them to a concert. I think that's really neat. 
Well, there, there is that. Now, there is the other side of that, too, where where I could sit up there and say, oh, man, they think I'm all this and I'm great because everybody's screaming and singing. And I'm like, okay, that's true, but I can see the people in the row and they're singing the wrong words. And <laughs> song's been number one for two months. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm not all that. <laughs> Amanda loves making up her own words to songs. Yeah. But I don't know if I just make them up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Belting it out with all the confidence in the world. Absolutely. Blue could have easily been Rue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I would have felt comfortable singing it that way. <laughs> oh yeah. You would have been like, what? It's that's that's the that's the that's that the, is that's the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm one of the things that uh, uh that I really liked about that's just me, just to get back to the song, um, is because I know Daryl as a as a friend and as a writer mm -hmm. and uh known him for over 30 years and he and I talked on the phone last week um it's especially fun because I know you know he wrote the song by himself and I I know him and I know it's about him I know that it's it's authentic to who he is which is mm -hmm. why um why connected with with Tim and what people look for in songs they choose yeah. to record so um uh yeah yeah it's fun to fun to see my past you know stay in for the ride you know and i just want to say jeff one of the things I, I appreciated about this too uh the song that you picked was that i like that it's an album closer to this to this mm. record and i was like because i i was like you know as i always do i go in i look and i'm like oh there's nothing really popping up so let me go to the actual where is it sequenced in the record mm. and i'm like oh it's oh, the album right. closer so it's a nice deep cut which i which i appreciate i always appreciate a good deep cut so um and album closers in, in particular are always good because it's like you know how, how an album starts and how it finishes especially you know when albums really mattered like when people put albums together and everything was sequenced yeah. it, 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 was, it was that it's that way for a reason um i like that you went with an album closer and i, I could see why yeah. because and why this was an album closer because it's it this riff is awesome this is a good riff yeah 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 i dig it i dig it well let me uh let me play a little bit of this right let's let's hear a little bit of a uh, tim mcgraw's uh tune here and as I get Spotify back up, here it is. That's just me. And That's I'll it. admit, as you're pulling it up, I yep. I knew of this song, but I did not connect with it and and listen to it frequently. You know, so I didn't know the words. <laughs> she made up her own words. <laughs> I did. I hummed a lot to it. <laughs> All right, let's hear a little bit of. My old boots are worn from the hard roads I took. Very rock, it's rocking. It's like, and mama taught me how to work and not to quit until the job's done. Well, I may not be high society, but I got all I need, and that's just me. The only way I know to be, that's just me. What you get is what you see. Yeah, that riff. 
it's a real Stevie Ray Vaughan quality to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I will say, this song for me in the '90s did not hit the way it hits me now as an adult. Where I think the lyrics mean so much. The my boots are worn from the roads I've taken. You know, lyrics mm. like that. I'm so relatable to that. Yeah. And, and I am just me. I'm uniquely me and just <laughs> take it or leave it. I, I really appreciate it more as an adult now than I did oh, sure. back in the 90s. Sure. I mean, back then, uh, I, I'm sure even the diehard Tim McGraw fans at the time would pale in comparison to you know green grass grows or down on yeah. the farm or the mm-hmm. or the things that they they heard on the radio repeatedly you know yep. so um no i i totally get that i just i just kind of find it affirming it feels a little bit like i'm doing what i'm supposed to do when mm-hmm. when my past stumbles into my present and things oh. start overlapping yeah of course yeah, your your past sets the way for your future. I mean, to that just says and speaks so much volumes of you and your talent and you know the relationships that you've built and and for people to never give up because you just never know what opportunity is around the corner just because someone mentions your name. So if you are in the music yeah. industry, take these words that Jeff is speaking as an encouraging thing to keep going because you just never know that next opportunity could be a Tim McGraw situation. That's right. That's right. Maybe. Right. Maybe. So, yeah. You just don't know. You don't know. All right. So Amanda. Yeah. Where are we rating Tim McGraw's That's Just Me? Where is this I'm, Where is this landing for you? This isn't one of my favorites, as I've already said, but I really do just like his vocals, his sound, his delivery. He's one of my favorites from the 90s. So I'm coming in at like 4.3. I feel comfortable because his other songs to me are, are much higher fours. Yeah. So I uh, I appreciated this song. I liked it. I thought it was good. Um, I like that it's an album closer and a deep cut. So uh, that's how I look at it. Uh, I like the guitar riff. It's very rocking, super upbeat. Mm-hmm. I think a great, great way to close out that that record, even though I haven't listened to the whole record as, as a, from start to finish. But, um, but I get why it's an album closer. Uh, I would say, though, out of all the songs, it wasn't my most favorite, but I like it, though. So... That being said, it's not getting like a low rating or anything like that. So t- relax, everybody. I'm not giving to <laughs> but I am I'm gonna give it a 3.8. So it's like fair. right on the cusp for me. And I think if I spend more time with it, I think I'd mm-hmm. probably grow to like it a little bit. But I do like the song. I mean, I, I'm not I'm gonna put it, I'm not gonna skip it. So it's definitely not a <laughs> skippable song. I, it's not getting skipped. No skips. So far, I wouldn't skip any of the songs I've heard today. So it's it's, it's not, nothing's getting skipped. <laughs> well, and 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 here's the, here's the thing, Chris. Uh, you, you have to recognize that that you're going to get a little grace from me because this song, this album came out in '95. I didn't start yeah. playing on Tim's records until 2002. Okay. So as long as nothing I played on gets less than a four, <laughs> you're you're in you're in good shape. So you have a song swap show. <laughs> I'll guarantee on that. <laughs> So we'll know for the 2000s countries where yep, we stand. Yep. That's right. Yep. That's right. <laughs> so I'm safe. <laughs> I love it. All right. To wrap up our rating and reviewing our 90s country, I'm giving you guys my final song, which is Just to See You Smile by no other than someone we just discussed, 
Tim McGraw. Boy, do I love this song. Yeah, this is this is an interesting song. And I was like, oh, wow, Louie had two two Tim McGraw songs. So uh, (laughs) much different, though, than than uh, than Mm -hmm. than the one we just heard that this that's just me. So big difference. Big difference. Why did you why did you pick the song? You know, so what's the story behind this? I also have the CD. I'm just one of those people. Um, this song always spoke to me. I, When I got that CD, I just really, really loved it. And when Marcus and I started dating, this is kind of that song that I have that plays through my head, even in today, because yeah. he can't stand me half the days. But he tolerates me and does everything just to see me smile. Wait, so what, is, as, what, is his, what is his line? I, I hate, I that, hate I love that I love you. <laughs> it's just it's just marcus's plight and so when i hear this song it just really kind of this sounds so silly but it just makes me fall in love with him every single time over again because at the end of the day through all of our trials all of our things he just wants to make me and our family smile and be happy and to me that's just so important so anytime i hear that song it's just a constant reminder of um his plight and he really isn't being punished in this world yet. Owen and I get extra rewarded. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I really like the lyrics in this song. I, yeah, I really, it's really, really I, it is. It's very nice. And you could tell that, uh, I, I got a feeling, I don't know. I always, it's like, are these written, these gotta be written from experience. I would think I would I mean, assume. They, just, they sound so like personal. So, <laughs> um, Jeff, what do, what do you think of this song? Is this a song that you were very familiar with in the Tim McGraw catalog? Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. Now- you know, now I will say, um, this is one of those songs that I never really got to the degree that the fans got it. Mm, um, okay. You know, Don't Take the Girl was also one of those. You know, they're both, they're yeah. both huge career records for mm-hmm. Tim. In fact, okay. I think, I think Just to See You Smile had the longest chart run of any country song in the I 90s. Think so. I think it was. Um, oh yeah, it's and I think it's weeks, fine. Yeah. I, it's not that I that I never liked song. You know, I'm fine with it being a hit. I don't understand it being a career song, record breaker mm. kind of a song. That I don't. I don't really. Uh, it didn't really hit me that way. The way like, uh, okay. um, um, uh, you know, the way like, some of some of his other songs is "Live Long sure. or Die." I get yeah. that, you know, that, I mean, um, yeah. even something like that, you know, yeah. uh, was a huge record. I get how that resonates with people. Um, yeah. uh, just to see you smile. I get it. Um, but, uh, you know, it was kind of interesting. Um, and it's, it's even more interesting that this is the last one of the songs that we're doing because we were talking at the beginning of how in the nineties, when you got success as a songwriter, other artists would start looking for what you were mm. doing as a songwriter. They oh, would sure. Start, uh, it was very kind of a, a inclusive thing. And, you know, this song was written by um, Mark Nestor and Tony Martin, um, who, you know, Tony Martin was also a writer on um, Rock from the Sun for Joe Diffie. Uh, he wrote... Um, uh, uh, um uh you look my shirt for Keith Urban mm. who we've talked about yeah um 
yeah. Mark Nestler, his co-writer, was from Beaumont, where Chestnut was from. I mean, Isn't it's it crazy. It's it's funny how it all it all everybody kind of circles back around each right. other, and that's because ultimately, particularly back in the '90s, there were so many successful songwriters um, just because for selling records, they could afford to mm. devote their life to being a songwriter, which oh, you can't do that. to that degree now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, you, Such a good point. Uh, yeah. So, so it's, it's a very different environment, but um, so at some point it's like, well, how do we know we can't listen to everything? How do we listen? Well, let's go see that guy that just wrote that great song for Tim McGraw. Let's see what else he has. Yeah. So uh, you see some of the same names come back around and, and, um, yeah. but, uh, and I'm sure there's, you know, they've got other songs that we recorded as well. Yeah. So, sure. yeah. And, uh, a little bit of facts too, about the song is that this one single of the year award at the 1998 country music awards. And it also received the Grammy nomination for best male country vocal performance in that year. So yeah, song is definitely, uh, Definitely a very popular song. Obviously, once again, I'm not I, I didn't know that it's a signature song, but but I, I, I get it because it is got, you know, it's a ballad, right? And so when I think of like my comparison to something like this, is to like, you know, back in like the the mid to late eighties, like you had a lot of the, you know, the the pop metal bands or the hard rock bands and like you know, the power ballad was like all of a sudden these power ballads become like the signature song that pushed the band over. And you're like, this is not the band's best song, like by any stretch, but it became a signature song because it was the one that broke through, got them on a charts, found them a whole new reach of fans, so right. on and so forth. So then it would become like it's that that's the song, but it's like a power ballad, which really isn't what the whole band or their music really sounds like but they've got these one or two songs that are like just really broke through so mm-hmm. what you're saying tim i kind i mean uh jeff is is um is like i feel like it's sort of like that like there's a signature song for him but it's like is it more like the power ballad type of song that broke through gained him a lot of new fans and it's something he has to play is that is that kind of where you're at yeah with that? honestly i i don't think it's because of I wouldn't use the words power ballad. I would, I would say that um, as a player, again, we got next mm-hmm. thing smoking. We got something like that stuff that I can really flex on. It's not one of those songs, but playing it in a show yeah. when we're playing an arena, I mean, this is the song that he can just sit on the front of the stage and connect to everybody. Okay. Ooh, um, yeah. That's nice. I wonder how much that contributed because we were touring oh. back then when this was on the radio, we were doing 250 shows a year. I mean, we were wow. constantly gone. Holy so, um, so he would, he would have that moment with the audience every oh. night, you know, with that song. So um, what would this song have connected the same way um, with radio alone? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. And we'll never know. That's a great point, though, but it, Jeff. You but know, it worked like live for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that makes, and I think that that makes a big case too. Like yeah. having that connection with your audience live and it becomes a really good live song with that, that moment. I think that's, that's yeah. big. So that's a key point. I think that's yeah. not to bring up Elvis, but I will. <laughs> I think part of why some of his songs did become so popular was that same concept, Jeff. He would, just he would give his scarf to somebody and he would sing to the audience and connect with them 
that I think they walked away. Even the people watching him on television walked away feeling like he just sung to me. And there right. is that connection that I don't think that radio alone can do. So I think you're onto something with that, with that description of you don't get it, but the opportunity the song allowed could have been that, that yeah. maker there yeah. of opportunity. If I, I love that. If, if I had been in the audience, maybe I would get it. True. Right. True. But I was behind him, right. you know? Yeah. So I, I it, it just never, I never got the, the side of that song that everybody else in the audience got. Right. Totally so. fair. Oh, right. I love it. Great so story. Let, let's play a little bit of Just to See yeah. Small by Tim McGraw so everybody can, everybody else can hear this. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I'm the only one who's never really heard it before today. <laughs> so <laughs> it's okay. But I was far from being made of gold. I don't know how, but I scraped up the money I just never could quite tell you no Just like when you were leaving Amarillo Taking that new job in Tennessee And I quit mine so we could be together I can't forget the way you looked at me just to see you smile, I'd do anything that you wanted me to. And all this said and done, I'd never count the cost. It's worth all that's lost. Just to see you smile. And I don't know how. A lot of great guitar work on this. It's <laughs> wow. a lot going on there, and you don't oh, think yeah. about it, and oh, yeah. you go, "Wow!" Like a lot of guitar work going on there. This is like this is amazing guitar, and I'm like, the lyrics are so manical. No, but I like the lyrics. But I was like, I was like, really like, because I've already listened to this song a bunch of times, and I'm like, now I'm listening to it again, like just like not, and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a lot of guitar stuff going on. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, it's we had some busy boys. Yeah, <laughs> Paul. How haven't you heard this one, Chris? I'm getting yelled at because Paula, I'm not. I don't listen to what's out of country. <laughs> That's why. I love it. I love, right. I, I love it. I knew that. I knew this was going to be this episode where he goes. What do you mean you haven't heard this? <laughs> Finally, the tables have turned. Yeah, and That's I'm what I say, it. Amanda. How have you not heard "Back in Black"? Like <laughs> it's the same, the same feeling. Right. Right. <laughs> All right. So. How do you guys rate the magical song? I'm getting a shame on you from Paula. (laughs) She's shaming me. Shame. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can make up for it in the rating. (laughs) We'll we'll see about that. (laughs) All right. Where is your guys' numbers coming in? Well, I'll let our guest weigh in first. (laughs) What's the you know, it's this one's, tri- this one's tricky for me because um, because I recognize from from the shows we've done and the audience and the impact, mm-hmm. I recognize how significant it is to so many. Um, yeah. I guess uh, you know, recognizing that it is responsible for a big part of my career, mm-hmm. um, I. I, I feel like I need to give it a, a, a 4.5 on behalf of 
everyone that has come to hear me play it. Um, oh, I love that. Um, I, uh, uh, I still, I still want to leave, you know, a few points in there for me to find something to show off on, which is not this one, but, um, but yeah, that's what we'll do. Okay. <laughs> I, I can receive that 4.5 knowing that you certainly have a better favorite that would be holding more points. So Chris, yep. where are you coming in? <laughs> Paul, Jeff <laughs> might get in trouble with this rating. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. No, I think 4.5 is very respectable. I think that's great. I do too. Um, so <clears throat> out of all the songs I've listened to, this is the one that I feel like I'm sort of on the fence with in the sense of like, okay. I really like the lyrics. I like the instrumentation. It's not as like, I don't know. Maybe I don't want to. It's not as fun as the other ones, but I like that it's different. So okay. this is the more I'm like, I, I uh, now knowing that it's such a huge, huge song. Like, okay, I get that. You know, I'm not, I'm not in the camp of like, you know. Chris is trying to really like defend his his rating that's coming. Well, because right? it's not, it's not a two. Okay, I'm not doing anything. Like, it's not, it's yeah. not a, it's, it's no. no, it's, it's not in the one or the two category. Okay. All right. <laughs> Paula, we have hope here. <laughs> Paula is just roasting me in the comments right now. By the way, she's she's all over me. Um, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna nestle this in. I think it's a three point five. I okay, I find it's a, right. it's a nice it's a nice song. Um, I think it's sweet. I think the lyrics are very uh, sentimental. I, I I do like the guitar work on it. It's I don't know if it's a song I'm gonna go back and I I like it. I don't know if it's something I'm gonna go back and listen to. Okay. But I feel like now that I've heard it, see this happens a lot on the show, Amanda. Mm -hmm. We're like, you'll give me a song I've never heard before, like, and people will be yelling at me in the comments, and then I hear it everywhere. <laughs> After the show, I hear it everywhere. Now I know this is a song I'm gonna wind up hearing everywhere because we just talked about it, and you know we had all this discussion, and I didn't realize it was this big of a hit of a song. And now I'm going to wind up hearing it everywhere I go because of it. But well, and and here's the thing that you don't know, Chris, but a lot of people watching this are probably thinking this. They think you are talking about Tim McGraw's song everywhere, right? Because oh yes, he has yeah, good song everywhere. True, True. That you've heard everywhere. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. well, thank you, Paula. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Paul is saying maybe his rating will go higher if he hears Jeff playing it. <laughs> you're right. You're right, Paula. When, if, when, uh, when, and if I ever see Jeff actually playing, uh, the, maybe it will go because I'll be like, oh, now I now I saw Jeff playing it. Now now it's a five. <laughs> no, it does make a difference. It does make a difference. Well, I think both of those are very respectful scores for Justice E Smile by Tim McGraw. And I will before we conclude our final ratings. What would be Jeff? I'm gonna put you on the spot a little bit here your favorite Tim McGraw song since we featured him twice on this show, what would be your favorite if you had to choose? Um, certainly one of the, one of the fun ones to really play is uh, a song called that's what I'd make Mexico. Um, oh. It's uh, um, you know, it wasn't like one of his huge hits, but mm -hmm. it's very piano driven. It's, it's got a really neat kind of, island groove to it and sure. um and we performed it many times uh just as a piano vocal you know okay. without the band oh, wow. just me and him Fine. so um that that would definitely be one of my favorites i I'm love to check that one out i just i'm writing that one down very good i don't very, know that song good. but it sounds it sounds like a good one 
Absolutely. Oh, this has been quite the episode. I have particularly loved it because I just love all things 90s country. And I know Paula is a big fan of 90s country as well because she's a country fan. So this is, this is, I mean, to start out our new year with this being the episode, I think That's it's right. really, really amazing. <laughs> I and I'm almost nervous to spin the wheel to see what the next well, here we go. Going to be <laughs> yeah. Because it's probably going to be something really hard for me. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> so here we go, everybody. So, yeah, first of all, I just want to say real quick before you spin the wheel, Jeff, thank you for coming on. Thanks for playing with us today. Thanks for contributing. It's been awesome having you on. Uh, oh, and uh, this, this, I, I feel like I agree with him, man. This was a great way to kick off the fourth season of Song Swap Showdown. Uh, and for once, it was a, a little bit of a switcheroo where I was in the uh, hot seat of of listening to stuff. But that, hey, that's his music, and this is why I love music because we get to experience and talk about new things. I get to listen to new stuff that I hadn't heard before, and uh, and and discover some new artists. And and as and as Amanda says. Uh, as I've gotten older, I've gotten wiser. I've become way less of a music snob than I was back in my like twenties <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and, and even my third, but you know, I, I, uh, I love music and I think that there's so much music out there to explore and listen to. And for anybody to just be like, I don't like this without ever actually ever hearing it or listening to it. I think you're sure. doing yourself a disservice. So, um, yeah. there's, there's just, you know, different genres exist for a reason and, you know, give it a try. Even but if you don't think you've ever liked it before, just give it a try. Mm-hmm. Maybe you'll find something you like may not be your favorite, but you know, music is music. It's, it's good. It's good for the soul. Absolutely. And Jeff, we will. Oh, no. oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was, I was just going to say, I, I appreciate, uh, uh, being invited to to participate it was funny that you know when when the theme came up i was like well what do i know oh that was kind of my entire launch of my career Absolutely. was yeah was 90s country and then uh and when i was out on the road with him i met chris cagle whose career mm-hmm. was more in the 2000s and i'm on the road with him and and uh and all the stuff that i picked up you know, through them, I'm passing back down to other artists now. So, um, but no, it's fun to, to be able to not just go through some of those songs, but go through them with people that really care about them, you know, and, and are paying attention and, and have educated opinions. So I appreciate you guys uh, asking me to do it. It's fun. It's been a great time. And before we spin the wheel, I do just want to make sure that everybody knows where to find you. You have a great new podcast that you're doing, which is Mm -hmm. McMahon and Keys, which I think is wonderful. One thing that you're passionate about is giving your knowledge that you've gotten from this industry and sharing it with maybe some newcomers or some people who just are hungry to get that launch. So tell us a little bit about your podcast and maybe some of the up and comers that we should really keep our eyes out for the future. Well, um, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I started doing my own podcast just because I, I kind of looked at what was out there and I kind of felt like there were two different groups of podcasts. There was guys like me that have been around and done a bunch of stuff that talked to other people that have been around and done a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there's brand new wannabe radio people that, want to interview brand new artists, but they don't really know how to guide them in any way in a positive direction. So, um, and I'm interested in just talking about what I did 30 years ago. Um, if I learned something 30 years ago and I can share it and we can use it to help you get closer to your dream, I'm all for it. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
that was kind of what we decided to do with McMahon on keys. The idea of that being, I was a sideman for Tim McGraw playing on his songs. I'm a sideman for Chris Cagle playing on his songs. You know, um, this Friday we're releasing a new song for Maddie True, who's an artist yeah. that that I you know work with and manage and shepherd. And uh, what I do for her is what I did for Tim McGraw. Um, mm. You know, play the song, get them closer to where they're trying to get, and um, whether it's um, any of the artists that we've had on, you know, this past season, um, you know, pop artists, country artists, Maddie Drew, Emma Rowley, who uh, we get to talk about her, uh, her Broadway debut, uh, you know, in theater when she was 10, 11 years old, um, and her records that are coming out and, uh, you know, some of the stuff that we're getting ready to come out with season two, it's, it's a, a way to, elevate the conversation, not just for people that already have access to record labels and Grammys and all of those things, but um, maybe somebody that we can push a little further up the, up the hill. So uh, McMahon on keys. Yeah. Easy to find. I love that. And you're doing that all while still actively touring and all of the other Mm -hmm. things that you do. I applaud you. You're amazing. You still got such a future in this industry and I just, I know Chris and I are just so lucky to yeah. have met you um, through this little oh, thing called Clubhouse. You. Yeah. <laughs> Chris and I also um, were introduced to each other through. So that has definitely been a huge blessing for us. So, yes. All right. With that, Chris, let's 100%. figure out next week's theme. Let's do uh, it, everybody. <laughs> oh, Lord. It's time to country. That's right. 2000s yes. country. Um, <laughs> Only stuff that. that Jeff played on. <laughs> we'll add that to the wheel. Yeah. We'll add that to yeah. the wheel. Yeah. All right, Amanda, what time is it? It is time to spin the wheel of show theme. Woo! All right. Get past how much I love that every week. <laughs> I know every week. So, Amanda's favorite part of the show is listening to that little, uh, the little bumper for the. Uh, oh, it's great <laughs> for the wheel of shows. Themes. All right, so here uh, we go. Wheel of show themes. Thing. Thank you, thank you. It's- yeah, we have our little wheel. It's it's packed with ideas. Once again, the wheel of show great. themes is how we determine uh, the following uh, week's show, uh, in which Amanda and I will then choose songs. For each other and swap them based on the theme. Uh, the themes are on the wheel are themes that Amanda and I have come up with, and themes from our community. You guys do such a great job, always suggesting great ideas for show themes, and so this is comprised of our stuff in the community. So here we go, the first oh spinning of the wheel of twenty twenty four. Here we go, everyone. Let's do this. Let's see oh, what what cornball theme we're gonna have for next week. <laughs> Oh boy, and it's so tiny I can't even see that anymore because there's so many out I know. there. Songs that get stuck in your head. All right, thank you. Submitted Tina. from That's Tina. Good. All right, so man, we all get those those songs. <laughs> Paul is so fancy. <laughs> Right, yes. Songs that get stuck in your head. Songs Man. that get stuck in your head. So. You know, that's wow. Very um, broad. <laughs> very broad because is it going to be that it just got stuck into my head like now or I'm going to remember yeah. a song that got stuck in my head for forever for another reason? I mean, it's very. Or a jingle. Subjective. 
or like, jingle. Right now, I'm obsessed with that. I can't get that stupid Burger King uh, theme out of my oh, head. Daggone it. You got <laughs> that right. I can't, I can't stand it. it. I can't stand it. <laughs> it's stuck in my no. head. <laughs> Which yeah, is what well, jingles are supposed to do. <laughs> don't don't think at all about blop, blop, fizz, fizz, oh, what a relief it is. Just don't even think. Don't even think about that one because that'll get stuck if oh. it even occurs to you. Oh, you're right. So you're just right. Don't think about it. Don't think oh about my it. gosh. Yeah. It's so true. Okay. So oh, wow. Boy. That's gonna be and you know what, people, this could be something that really triggers people because sometimes those songs Good. that get in people's heads are mad me. Like, get out of yeah. my head. I know. I know. You it just can't a stop. Terrible song that you don't even like that's just in there. That's right. So it could be even a song we don't like, but yet it's stuck in our head. So I know. And I don't want to say that I I enjoy Taylor Swift. I don't love her, but her it's me. Like, hi. Yeah. Like, it's me. Hi. Yeah. I'm the promise. It's stuck it, in that your head. Always in my head. I just spoiled the song, probably. <laughs> yeah, but what's sweet. what I what I like about this theme is that it's stuck in your head. So what is stuck in mm. my head may not necessarily be stuck in your mm. head. So this is going to be a very like weirdly personal journey, I think, for us. And then also a nice psychological discovery of what gets stuck in the head. You know, pull up the serial killer oh, yeah. board. <laughs> <laughs> Songs that are stuck in Amanda's head. <laughs> I think Jeff just got a small taste of how this works on today's episode. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. All right. Woo. All right. So, wow. guys, next week's theme is songs that are stuck in your head. Let the suggestions start rolling. Uh, you can leave them here. Of course, we'll post it in our Facebook group, which is 100% free to join. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll post it there as well. So you guys can leave all your comments there. Uh, but we'd love to hear what you guys think because you never know, much like today, yep. uh, songs that you suggested wound up in our playlist. So for me, I definitely had two community suggestions be my song so we, we love always hearing from everybody and what your suggestions could be so please let them roll paul is saying but once you get them out of your heads they're going to be stuck in ours okay, <laughs> you're gonna oh, have yes. to take one for the team paula <laughs> that's right that's right yeah this this will be our most hated episode coming up <laughs> Probably be the most viral yeah. we could yeah. only hope yeah she goes so i might skip next week because i don't know what's stuck in your old heads <laughs> well i love it i mean i'll give you i'll give you once again another hint there you go. <laughs> it could be anything. It could be anything, according to this graphic. <laughs> so many strings. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, hey, guys, listen, this this was such a great episode. Thank you so much for everybody who tuned in, played along today, left comments. Mm -hmm. uh, you guys are awesome. Paula, thank you so much. Chris, uh, Mark Ronick, uh, mm -hmm. Dave Mattingly, Ian, and anybody yeah. else who was watching live that didn't, uh, comment we love you we appreciate you uh please if you're watching us on youtube hit that subscribe button uh and the little bell so that way you get notified every time we put new episodes or drop new videos and we go live which is every monday at 8 15 a.m eastern center time you can watch all live episodes or full episodes of the show on demand over there on youtube as well as other things such as song reviews other funny videos clips we put out there all week long and of course you can listen to us on the go wherever you get podcasts full episodes and now we also have our little quick hits that you can listen to as well which are just one song reviews pulled from full episodes of song swap showdown jeff once again 
Thank you mm. so yeah. much for your time oh, today. Thanks thank for contributing. Thanks for having fun with us today. It was awesome. <laughs> loved it. I loved it. <laughs> this, this was two hours you'll never get back. <laughs> that is correct. That's correct. Yeah. And we will be sure to put all of Jeff's links in our show notes. So be sure to yes. follow Jeff and support all of his amazing adventures and just be thank on you. the journey with him. Thank yes. you so much, Jeff. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, Please make sure you, you follow Jeff. And all the artists that he's working with. And of course, as we always like to say, hey, all the creators that you're following, that you like, please yeah. follow them, subscribe to them, support them. We all do this because we love doing what we do. So please support another creator out there by just even taking out a little quick second just to follow them. Hit that subscribe button. It does. It means the world and it helps uh, all, all creators get discovered. So please do that. And uh with all that being said, we will see you guys next week for another full episode of Song Swap Showdown with songs that get stuck in your head. All right, everybody. See ya. Bye. To get notified every single time we drop a new episode of Chris and Amanda's Song Swap Showdown, just hit that follow button wherever you get your podcasts. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor of the show, Please use the email address in our show notes and we'll get right back to you. And last but not least, please feel free to follow us over on our social accounts on Instagram and TikTok at SongSwapShowdown or join our ever-growing community in our Facebook group by using the link in our show notes. Thanks for listening.